All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is Leafs Morning Take with Nick Alberga and Jay Rosehill. Now we've got a fight started here right off the bat with Rosehill. 30 minutes of live, nonstop Leafs talk starts now. Random thought of the day. There's 16 games still remaining, mercifully, in this regular season. Presented by PointsBet Canada, it's the Tuesday edition of Leafs Morning Take. Nick Alberga and Jay Rosa with you. What's up, Rosie? Not much, dude. A little Tuesday action going on. Twitter machines got me down for multiple reasons. Leafs are blowing leads like crazy. I don't know. What do you want me to say? Not much. Just just be you at the end of the day. Uh, you know, watching the game last night had me thinking, and I like to bring up uh, different topics on this show. Had me thinking to your playing days. Do you remember a specific anthem singer, for better or for worse, for good or for bad, who you'll never forget their rendition or an anthem uh, that sticks out for you because last night you sort of felt for Natalie Morris. The, the the mic malfunctioned like three times and the crowd ended up singing the Star Spangled Banner. Yeah, I uh, there's always times where, you know, I've seen people forget the words a couple times. This poor lady. I hope they have her back. Oh, say can. That's tough. And then the crowd starts murmuring. <laughs> it's just Come like, on, Toronto. It had me thinking, like, 
it just had me thinking like somebody has that technical job where like your one duty is to make sure the microphones work and i know life is life and things happen but i thought the crowd did a good job Who's of picking her up man that's a tough spot to be in oh totally well, what are you supposed to do i mean if you're not used to being in front of twenty thousand people i can imagine you just feel horrible but good on toronto for picking it up I always like it. I don't think that happens in the States where they're going to pick up our anthem. I don't think it's as well known. <laughs> but good classy Canadians there pick up the American anthem and help her through that. I hope they have her back where she can come and kill it. Because that's Yeah, so uh, Natalie actually does uh, she does every home game. And, yeah, that's uh, it right. Actually, I've seen her lots before. It brought back shades to me of uh, Mark Donnelly, who used to do the Vancouver Canucks games a couple years back. He tripped on the carpet. Do you remember that game? Dude, is it that is it the lady who came out for Team Canada around like 2002 or no. something? Came out, yeah. forgot the words, walked back into the tunnel, regained her composure. They convinced her to come back out. She comes back out, slips on the carpet, falls hard on her butt and back and head, and then just gets mm -hmm. up and just exits. I don't think I've ever felt worse for a human being than that display right there. I don't think there's a, a worse anthem... Uh, anthem story than that poor lady has right there way worse than the one last night it's so nerve it's got to be so nerve-wracking because you being the anthem singer and her being natalie morris last night like this is not on you you were ready to go you belted out the first couple words you nailed it and then you got to restart and then you got to restart but it was just one of those nights uh, i think the scotia bank arena faithful deserves a lot of credit but again do you, do you remember a time or an anthem in your career that sticks out more than others or Everything was great when you were there. Um, I just remember when people are terrible at it and they <laughs> yeah. are missing every word and they need like an earpiece and they can't hear themselves and they're off key or they shouldn't be there in general. And the guys on the bench are looking at each other and trying not to laugh and trying not to try to focus on the game. And this person is just squelching their way through the anthem. That happens lots, but... Uh, Hey, good on the people for getting out there in front of them and giving her a whirl, man. I'm always, however it goes, I just couldn't care less. And it doesn't matter, man. Go out there and try it. If shit malfunctions or you, you don't, you don't hit it, who cares? Clap them off the ice anyways, and uh, give them a hand for trying. Were you one of those Anthem guys who were like swaying during the Anthem, like really in it? Maybe some tears coming out of your eyes. Like, are you thinking about like the hot dog you're getting after the game? No, no tears. I usually just think about how cold and <laughs> stiff I'm getting standing out there and trying to kind of exactly. keep moving a little bit is all. But uh, I'm used yeah. to it. I've sat down for many, many minutes before and then had to go out there at 110. Yeah. So uh, if anyone's used to it, I think it's a guy like me. No, to, to put it bluntly, I mean, you're the reason why the term um, grocery stick was, was created, right? Because you're the guy who separates a D and the forwards on the bench, and you did so for a long period of time in the NHL. So it is perfect. Like your picture's in that dictionary, isn't it? Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes I'd mix it up and go sit over by the gate and chat the trainers up <laughs> or the spare tendee, whatever. You know, it depends what's going on that night. No, you're a social guy, man. I, I, can, I can totally see you during the anthem like sort of snickering if somebody's like messing up and it's like you know you could notice it like you could be the guy like piping up and everybody's like hey pipe down rosie like i could i can hear you chuckling a bit well, well this one time we were playing and these kids these tiny mites timbits were coming flying out of the zamboni gate and they of course they have the red yeah. carpet coming towards center and there's about 50 of them and they're just buzzing down the wall to do a hot lap and we're going and they're going right towards this carpet. And we're going, no, 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 no. And they just 
and they're just little timbits. So when they crash, it's just yeah. like a little ball rolls and they're piling up and then everyone just keeps coming, keeps coming and everyone's just head down flying. And there was 10 of them, 15 of them, 20 of them just piling up <laughs> on the other side of the carpet and no one was noticing. And these kids just kept piling up. It was like a, a farcical uh, comedy movie where it just never ended. And everyone on the bench, trainers, coaches were crying in tears because these kids were piling up so hard at that uh before the anthem on the carpet that's always a classic looks like putin taking a spill out there <laughs> okay fair comparison remember to subscribe tap that like button leave us a review wherever you're checking us out and don't forget to visit theleafsnation.com for the very latest on all things toronto maple leafs as you can see now we're live on our very own youtube page for the second time ever at the Leafs Nation 401, if you're watching or listening right now and are not subscribed to our YouTube page, at the Leafs Nation 401. Thoughts, comments, questions, or concerns, you can drop us a line down in the chat below here on YouTube, and we'll get to it a bit later on here in the show. But for now, let's get over the boards. So, no season sweep, Rosie. It was looking good for the first 25, 30 minutes of that game. And simply put, I thought the Leafs took their foot off the pedal and they ran into 41-year-old, yes, 41-year-old Craig Anderson, who is now, what, 13-3-1 in his last 18 starts against the Maple Leafs. This is his 20th NHL season, by the way. So, he was in the league when you played. Yeah, he definitely was. He was with Ottawa, I believe. And um, yeah, it's funny. It's good to see him still out there. It's good to see guys that are older that you recognize. It makes you feel a little bit less old, to be honest. But I imagine cruising around that league, Craig Anderson feels plenty old himself. But good job last night. Yeah. What, so what did you make of that game? Obviously, I think a lot of positives to grab. Number one, Austin Matthews, the goal and two helpers, a three-game goal streak, 10 points in his last seven Marner gets two apples in total, three games against Buffalo this season. He gets nine assists. Uh, to me, I think that was a game they could, quite, quite frankly, use a Luke Shen in their lineup, who was on a bird uh, in Toronto on, on Monday, by the way, because I thought they were dominated in the blue paint in that game. Like, Buffalo was on the doorstep, and there was no response from the Leafs deep. Yeah, man, it was one of those classic games, like, after going up 2 nothing that handily, it looked like it was going to be a 5 nothing game in a big hurry. And the, the the easy thing to do is take your foot off the gas, think this is going to be a little bit easier. And again, you're not physically, mentally saying to yourself, oh, this is going to, you're not nudging your buddy beside you on the bench going, this is going to be easy. It's just, a, oh, this is how the game is going. And then you start to loosen up and let off a little bit and maybe think that, you know, you can try some things or whatever and kind of maybe veer off the game plan. And it so happens that at that exact same time, the other team is getting chewed out by their coach and they're saying, you need to kick it up a notch. And everyone's regrouping and throwing the kitchen sink at you. And then boom, they come at you with that wave and you're just not prepared to handle it. It's a classic, classic story when you get up a couple goals. And unfortunately, the Sabres really figured their game out, kept the hammer down on them and the Leafs didn't... Uh, you know, weren't able to have an answer. They had some chances. They could have tied that game up easily. Um, they could have prevented that fourth goal. They could have uh, tied it up earlier in the third. It could have been a different game, but it wasn't. And again, you need to learn to, you know, prevent that from happening, to recognize it from happening. It comes from the coaches down and the leadership to, you know, create those bump up shifts when they start to gain momentum back from you. And it just happened. It was just textbook uh, hockey there where, 
you get up a few goals and let off the gas and the other team puts the hammer down. But at the end of the day, you know, you wonder how much these guys are focused on the points and the, the games right now and how much they're just trying to find their identity and trying to work the lines around, obviously, and figure out some kind of chemistry amongst all these players. It seems like that's kind of the priority right now over, over other things, I guess. We know social media is a cesspool, but like the, the overreaction to that loss, I thought was unbelievable to me because we all knew going into the last, what, 20 games in the stretch run of the Stanley Cup playoffs, it really was trial and error, experimentation. You want to get your goalies cooking a bit and Matt Murray and Ilya Samsonov. Like to me, I didn't put much stock into the game. I thought there was a lot of actual positives to build from it. I know it stinks to lose to Buffalo, but you played them pretty well all season long. So you just move on. I know it's probably not the right approach in hockey, but knowing that this team has known their, their, their spot in the standings for like two months, they know who they're going to play. Obviously still jockeying and battling for home ice advantage in that series against Tampa. I just move on. But I, I was a bit stunned how disappointed, how annoyed. Uh, the amount of bitching on social media after this game was incredible to me. Like it's a meaningless game in mid-March against the Buffalo Sabres. Who cares? Yeah, I've noticed a pattern of tension growing on on Leafs Twitter of people starting to, you know, you're getting close to that playoffs and some bad memories are coming floating in. And, you know, the Toronto media is famous for piling on and making mountains out of molehills and making, you know, a small problem into a big one amongst themselves. And this morning and last night was was no different on Twitter. People are going when is this going to end? And this is becoming unacceptable. And it's just like they just beat New Jersey and then handily beat Edmonton. Yeah. Like you're acting like they're on a four-game slide. And it's it's mountains out of molehills on that Twitter. And it is, it is. I've mentioned at the beginning of the season, it is difficult to play in that, in that market because this morning and after practice when the media is in the room, they're going to be coming in. They're going to be throwing so much negativity and, you know, the consensus is that this team's not ready and blah, blah, blah. It's like, what the hell are you talking about? You know, was that the consensus after the New Jersey game? Was that the consensus after Saturday night against Edmonton? Um, no, it's just mountains out of molehills, man. I mean, it's not good to lose that lead. Was it a good loss? No. Is the reason for it? Maybe. But again, keep things in perspective. I mean, the Leafs are having a hard enough time getting over this hump of the first round without having everyone bail on them at the drop of a hat. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is the team they've shown so many good things. Why not focus on the positive and, and give your team some support coming into the playoffs rather than making it more difficult on them? Because they hear that shit. They feel that stuff. You know that it's happening in the room and it makes it harder to play. Give me another reason why they haven't won in Toronto. It's a difficult market to win in. I'm not blaming the fans or Twitter for their losses. But why not make it easier and support them rather than more difficult? Dude, that building was a morgue last night, man. You can say what you want about the, the crowd singing the Star Spangled Banner. You played on this team. You played in that building. Sometimes I show up to Scotiabank Arena. I'm, I'm almost insulted to be somebody who has grown up a Leafs fan, man. Because like you go to other buildings in this league, it doesn't sound like that where it's like, there was, there was moments watching the game last night. Like, I felt like I was watching my beer league game on Sunday afternoons because I didn't even notice anybody was there, quite frankly. Yeah, it's just not meant for it. I mean, those platinum seats and those uh, those suits down in the bottom level, they go into their, they go into their little uh, box underneath there and they have drinks and, and appetizers and they're bullshitting with their their business folks and whatever and they never make it back to their seats for the puck drop so the barn looks empty um the beginning of every period and it's made for concerts and stuff it's not supposed to be echoing through the rafters like it is at an older building and 
yeah, it is kind of famous for being a little bit quiet. When you're watching on TV and you can hear every skate edge cut and every guy call <laughs> for the pass and every stick tap on the ice, it's not a great sign. And I mean, it's just, it's, if you could actually fill that with the most diehard fans in Toronto, that place would have the roof lifted off of it. But oh, yeah. unfortunately with the price point and the cost of living and with everything being so outrageously expensive, there's only a certain group of people that can afford to have tickets and go to those games. And they're not the people that are taking their shirt off and painting their faces and screaming and yelling. That's for sure. They have those next gen games. I would like them to have games where it's like super fan games where we're only going to have people in the building who have paint on their faces, a Jersey on and, and that's it. And that's all like, I, I would really like to hear that building at its loudest. And I will say in the Stanley cup playoffs, it gets loud. I'm still convinced they, they pump in crowd noise, but that's a story for another day. We see that in other sports and professional wrestling. It is a thing. Uh, but I would love to see the super fans in that building actually cheering their favorite team as opposed to the suits, man. Like, I watch some of these games. I go to some of these games. And, like, I'm like, I can't believe this is the same league that, you know, dare I say, the Montreal Canadiens playing in the Bell Center, Bridgestone Arena in Nashville is really loud, Philadelphia, Vegas. Like, I've been to all these barns, and it's like night and day to watching a game at Scotiabank Arena. It's crazy to me, man. But, anyways, I digress. Uh, Matt Murray. Uh, was a big topic of conversation. I don't know why. I don't know what he was supposed to do. There were pretty much four tap-ins in the game in that 4-3 loss to Buffalo. But numbers are numbers, I guess. The third straight game surrenders four goals. He's now surrendered four goals in, in five straight appearances. But uh, what have you made of Matt Murray since coming back from the injury list? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of uh, kind of vanilla, right? He's played just fine. Yeah. Um, he's not lost a game. He hasn't had any big blunders. He hasn't looked terrible at any point in time. Um, looks a little scrambly and stiff, but I mean, he probably isn't in his groove right now. He's been out for quite a while. I just think it's his third game back. So understandable. And again, I do not put the loss on Matt Murray at all. It was the players in front of him that uh that let him down would it be nice if he stood on his absolute head and stole the game despite the the misgivings in front of him yes did he do that no um the numbers don't look awesome but again numbers don't always tell the pure truth i think he's been just fine uh he hasn't done enough to go steal a game but he certainly hasn't done um enough to lose one either he was just he was just solid. He just played goalie, and they let him down. And like you say, the goals that they scored were kind of tap-ins that, that weren't on him. There was breakdowns much further in front of him. So that's the way she goes. We talked about this last week, but I'm always intrigued by Sheldon Keefe, what he has to say. And that was like pretty much the first question. What have you thought of Matt Murray in his three games since returning? He, he thinks he's been great. So that's all you need to hear, that he thinks Matt, Matt Murray's been great. And, and to me, watching that post game, I'm like, there's no way in hell Ilya Samsonov is starting the first game of the Stanley Cup playoffs. I know we flip-flop back and forth, man, but they have so much faith in Matt Murray. And you want to know why? Because he won two Stanley Cups 30 years ago. <laughs> I, my thing is no one in that room knows who's starting the Stanley Cup playoffs. Keefe doesn't. Dubas doesn't. Shanahan doesn't. You don't think so? JT doesn't. Murray doesn't. Samsonov doesn't. They don't know. They're they going to go with the hot hand. If 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 some guy's on a if, – if Murray shits the bed is – last two starts before the playoffs and Murray's a hot hand, they're not going to put Murray in. They're going to put Sammy in. They're going to put whoever's hot in. I truly believe they don't know who's going to start. They've said from the beginning, this is a one-two punch. They've been doing that all year long and they're trying to get Murray starts here and, and get him 
back to feeling like he's involved and he's in a groove and find his way and find his game and get hot. So they're going to play him. Doesn't mean they're starting him. They're going to start. I'm not saying they're not. I just say they don't know yet. They're going to, it's, it's still yeah. weeks away. They got 16 games left. Lots can happen. And they're going to go with the hot hand at the moment. Okay, I'll take your word for it, but I there's just a sense for me of like the I told you so. Hey, you guys didn't believe me. I got I picked up Matt Murray. This guy's done it for me in the past. He's gonna do it for the Toronto Maple Leafs, and I guess we'll see over the next month uh, who trends in that direction. But if I had to put money on it right now, assuming he's healthy, again, that's the big word there. Assuming he is healthy and ready for game one, my opinion is that it's gonna be Matt Murray. So there seems to be all this consternation. For some reason, and I tweeted this yesterday, the Tempe Lightning have been doing this for like seven, eight years. The 11 uh, forwards, 7D look, it's been a thing for a long time. 7-Eleven, if you want to call it the convenience store outlook, whatever it is. They've been, um, you know, deploying this for a long period of time. Why is everybody making so much of a big deal about this, especially when Toronto has nine defensemen on their roster? Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Yeah, one of the big things I noticed when getting involved in the in this job and getting deeper into the day-to-day of the Leafs is how obsessed everyone is with the lineup changes and who's playing with who. It's just like, it's such a topic of concern. Mark Masters is just waiting there at pregame skate with his phone ready because everyone's <laughs> going to be checking because they all want to know. And I, I don't really get it. When you're in a locker room and and they mix the lines up. It's like, it's like, dude, you're a professional. You've played on dozens of teams in your career. You've played with hundreds of different players. And if a coach mixes up a line, it's not earth-shattering news to anyone in the locker room. You go and you say, hey, bud, we're playing together tonight. Let's go. And you know how you like to go down low and then hit the, well, I'm going to come, I'm going to be coming through right there. So watch me on that play. And you're going to chit chat when you're having lunch and away you go. It's not a huge deal. People are going bananas about it. That being said, I don't like 11 and 7. I yeah. I don't think many guys do. I've played professional level as a defenseman. I've played as a forward and both 
positions, it sucks. When you got 11 forwards, you can't roll the lines. You're always yanking a guy, a centerman usually off a different line to play with those two guys on the fourth line and, and jump in there. And that usually affects those two guys because when the going gets tough and, you know, minutes are getting up there it's hard to grab a guy and, and shove him on that line to take a twirl and then if you don't do that for a while then it's harder and harder to go back to those guys because they've been sitting there a while so they can get screwed and it can mess up those lines then with the defenseman you know you're always playing with a different guy and it's hard to you know you're always looking over your shoulder going who's out with me again you know you get into a bad spot and you're going d to d what hand is that guy again am i hitting them on the low side or the high side i can't remember like and you got to have an instant second on on who's out there with you and if a guy just changed or what you're out there with a different guy every single shift essentially and i've talked to guys that do that tampa's done it but when tampa did it it was it was like clockwork when you're going out there you didn't miss a beat and if you're gonna roll especially the 7d it has to be consistent you have to get those guys in a groove get the sweat on and get them kind of involved in the game where you get that i always notice i was getting a full sweat on you're, you're wet you're soaked you're hot and you're you're ready to play out there you're loose and you're limber because it's like clockwork you're going out there every every such shift like clockwork and you can rely on that and expect it where when you're jumping around and this guy take a seat and this guy again and double shift that guy it's all over the place it's difficult i don't like it i think he's just trying to get the personnel in order right now and we'll see i have no idea if he's gonna use in the playoffs he seems pretty pretty headstrong about it right now interested in getting your opinion on this take andrew in the chat move riley to left wing 7-Eleven solved. Uh, what, what's your level of capacity? You laugh about that, but Brent Burns back in the day, I think, is the perfect example. I obviously think it's too late in the season to, uh, to experiment with something like that, but it's not like Sheldon Keefe hasn't tried everything and then some in the last two weeks, and he's getting knocked for it, by the way, which I don't understand. Like, they know their playoff positioning. They know they're playing Tampa. They're still jockeying for home ice, but, like, would you ever get to that level where you just try things out for a couple shifts? Morgan Riley at wing. <laughs> I don't think in this position you got a good team that's, you know, <laughs> ranked to be one of the top handful in the NHL and you're going to go make a move like that if you wanted to try it in October or November. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Talk hey, to Morgan about Martin it. On D. What's the difference? Well, that was I was just going to say, why What's don't you throw Martin back on Tell D? Me. Uh, it's a little bit more believable to put Morgan Riley up on left wing, to be honest with you. That transition works better than a forward going D. I mean, you got guys in the NHL coming down on a guy that's not great at skating backwards. I know there's defensemen that can skate faster backwards than they can forwards, if you can believe that. Those guys are playing in the NHL for a reason. A forward who hardly ever skates backwards unless he has to playing D is just, it's a much, much tougher position to play defense than it is to forward. And you throw Riley up there. Fuck, I don't know. Has he ever played that? Have they ever thought of that? I don't know, man. It would be interesting. But I didn't like Riley last night. He's constantly get, not, not holding the puck on the line. And then with, like, how many seconds left? It looked like my U11 team where they just look at the puck and it's within stick distance. He was coming down just over the blue line. Puck was there to grab and transition it up to somebody to get into the offensive zone. He just kind of looked at it and waited for the guy to skate on it. I don't know if he was gassed or what, but that was a really bad look. I saw someone tweet about it too, saying, I was thinking, I was glad I was the only one that didn't notice that. And it just, he's just not stepping up for a guy of his caliber. I, I would just love him to have some confidence and just take control out there. And he just always seems to be a step behind scrambling rather than in complete control. 
I'm just thinking for a team that likes to think outside the box. And again, for a team who was heavily considering, maybe they weren't Mitch Marner playing D more than usual. I know he had some spins earlier in the season. Didn't work out. I actually think it makes more sense for a defenseman to move up front. And you're a guy who played both positions, I believe in the NHL and pro in general. I mean, we've seen crazier things happen in Toronto and Morgan Riley defensively has been a work in progress, we'll call it. But like, I, w I would never say never. I'm not going to say it's going to happen now, but for a team that likes to think outside the box, I actually don't think it's it's the most outlandish idea. That's sort of why I brought it up. I don't mind it in theory, but if you put it into practice, the shitstorm that would happen with the media and the Toronto and the Twitter True. and everything, it would be <laughs> such a disaster. It would be such a distraction that I don't even think it would be worth trying. Okay, we'll leave it at that. I just had to bring the conversation up. Appreciate Andrew for uh, chiming in here on the chat. Andrew also writes in, Rosehill played both wing and D, so he's uh, studied up on Jay Rosehill for sure. Atlantic Division Roundup. Let's look uh, now at the division. We like to do this once a week. Of course, Tampa Lightning. Weird schedule. The Lightning play the Devils three different times over the course of seven days this week, which I think is good news for the Leafs. We saw the Devils back yeah. last week. Really damn good team. But you look at the standings right there. Uh, the Leafs have a bit of separation, and they still have that game in hand on Tampa in the standings. But it could... could it looks like it could come down right to the wire to see who has home ice in the first round between the Leafs and the Lightning or Rosie. Yeah, it could. I, I thought it was going to be a little bit more of a war going down back and forth point for point, but Tampa's kind of slid a little bit in the last couple of weeks, and they got a pretty tough schedule coming up. Um, if you look ahead, uh, the second last game of the year, Toronto and Tampa are playing each other, and I mean, that's going to be a It'll be interesting to see if that's a playoff preview or if it's a throwaway game with guys resting up or whatever else they do with it. But uh, they are going to see each other right before the playoffs. That'll be an interesting one. And keep an eye on these standings and these points to see if that game is going to matter much or not. Um, it's looking right now like the Leafs are fairly comfortable, assuming they keep uh, keep getting some points. But I don't imagine Tampa's too happy with their play in the last couple of weeks. And I imagine they'll they'll start to crank it up before playoffs. Yeah, defensively, they've been a train wreck, namely Andre Vasilevsky, who obviously is going to be the biggest storyline for me heading into that first round series with Tampa, considering everything around Toronto's goalie situation. Vasilevsky, for my money, when he's on, the best goaltender on the planet, and obviously will be a wild card and X factor moving forward in that series. And again, you just look at that Boston record, you're like, my goodness, they are so good. But anyways, let's take a look now at the uh, points bet wrap up and what you have to say here in the chat. Many thanks to producer Alex for putting up a poll. Um, who would people start for game one um, against the Tampa Bay Lightning? And right now, 75% uh, in favor of Ilya Samsonov, 25% in favor of Matt Murray uh, for game one of that series. I would have to agree, man. I I like Sammy the best this year. He seems to be more poised. He seems to be bigger in his positionally. He seems to be more sound. He seems to be more... Um, limber and athletic and capable of making that desperation second save um he's just played better for this team so i think they're gonna go with him in the playoffs i think they should and then i think they got you know if you need to pull him or not even pull him just start with somebody else after a loss you got a guy with tons of experience and hopefully he's uh healthy enough and in a mindset where he can go in there and be poised as well and I think we've talked about using more than one goalie in a series and that 
doesn't even mean someone's going to get hurt or someone's going to have an atrocious game. You just might throw it back to to a different goaltender and keep them both in the mix. It'll be interesting to see. It'll be the big uh, it'll be the big story, I think, especially at the beginning of playoffs, is the goaltending situation and who they roll with. Because all year long, we know they haven't had a defined number one, and they still don't. And I don't think they plan on having a definitive number one. Yeah, I think to your point, Samsonov, again, is the guy I would like to see, you know, considering his splits on home ice, assuming to get home ice advantage uh, in the first round. But I think we should do a friendly wager, put a beer on who starts game one. I'll go with Maria. You go with Samsonov. Does that work? Done and okay. done. I would Sweet. love to see Joseph Wall start the first game. Uh, Kerwin writes in, morning, fellas. What a mixed emotion game last night. Love the first by Toronto. Didn't like the second, but we outscored them. That awful third, and of course, Willie gives us hope with a minute left. Yeah, they scored six and five, which is great to see. Uh, PS17 writes in, Shen is back. Will they go with 8D and 10 forwards? So you may laugh and say, hey, Morgan Riley at Ford. Anything is possible with this team. And I just can't believe how much conversation has been brewed around the 11 and 7 format and configuration they've been running. The Islanders have done that in the past. So have the Tampa Bay Lightning. So I don't read that much into it. I do think it's trial and error type of season. And I also wonder where in the fuck Connor Timmons is, man. He hasn't played since February 24th. And sometimes I watch guys like Lilligren out there. I know Lilligren's a better player overall, but like, what did Timmons do not to be in the lineups? My question. Yeah, he's just a victim of circumstance. Sometimes that happens where, you know, I'm sure they're yeah. talking to him, saying, hey, stay positive. You know, you're a big part. You're going to be involved down the stretch. Be ready. Don't get down on yourself. All that standard shit they're going to be telling a guy who's yeah. kind of getting screwed by circumstance. And, you know, there's no one knows what's up uh, the future holds. Guys could get hurt. And, you know, we got lots of legit D here, but, you know, he could get thrown back in the mix. I think a guy like Lilligren, who's had a pretty good season and shown that, that he can play and, and be an asset, has kind of gotten uh you know potentially going to be thrown on the back burner here when Shenner gets back we'll see my thing is will Justin Hull's uh staple into this lineup be continued (laughs) when Shenner gets back like the only thing I can think of when they would just refuse to take this man out of the lineup is they like a big body um they like a defensively sound guy who can maybe finish a check here and there I I guess Uh if you want to call it that but could be he could he be replaced by Shen or not? Or does like how high does this stranglehold on the coaching yeah. staff that Justin Hole has? How 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 high does it go? Will he stay in even when Shenner comes back? Well, I guess we'll wait and see. Yeah, we'll have this conversation as we get closer to game one. Like who's the ideal six, assuming they go with six and not seven for the Stanley Cup playoffs. I mean, anything is possible with this uh, brain trust, of course. And I think ideally right now there's four defensemen I have in there for game one. The other two still up for debate. I think Shen could be obviously in that conversation to have the go-ahead with the pedigree and the resume and the two Stanley Cups and the physical presence. I think he's in there. But we'll have that conversation maybe next week. Uh, Just to wrap, PS17 also writes, Lilligren was minus three with three different uh, D partners last night, which is never great to see. And I, I know... Leafs Twitter, the analytics community was up in arms last week when Lilligren sat for a couple of games. So they're, I don't know how they're feeling now, maybe a bit differently, but they don't seem to want to bring up that conversation when Lilligren has a bad game. But I digress. Uh, last but not least, I know you wanted to issue an apology uh, on today's show. Oh, kind of. So yesterday's show, when I was talking about Reeves fighting, I said something to the effect of there's not many guys in this league 
who can square up and go toe to toe with a mongoloid like Reeves. I've always used that term as in a big, strong beast of a guy who's big, strong, intimidating dude. It was brought to my attention on Twitter that that term didn't originate with this, but has in the past been derogatory towards people with Down syndrome. Now, if you use any rationale or logical thinking whatsoever, I think it's easy to see I wasn't using it in that way. Why on earth would I use that term with no history of bigotry and just awful, awful human beingness? Use that in a public form in that way. Someone on Twitter decided to throw that away and demanded my uh, apology and tagged the Special Olympics, tagged the NHL, tagged Minnesota Wild, tagged some other um, outfit I wasn't really familiar with, just tried so hard to attack me. And I engaged with him and I said, do you not see that this is an innocent mistake, an honest mistake? Wouldn't it be more understandable to reach out to me and say, hey, Jay, I can tell that you might not know the derivative of this word being derogatory towards these people. Just so you know, this is how it can be taken out of context. I would have said, my God, I had no idea. I've used that my whole life and never come across that. I will now remove that from my vocabulary. Pretty standard things. And if you consider mm -hmm. yourself a progressive and kind person who's out to do good in the world, attacking people on Twitter, not using common sense or rationality, and not giving a person the benefit of the doubt and assuming that they are slandering people with special needs in a public forum. Like, what world do you live in where you just don't give yeah. that person the benefit of the doubt? It's just shocking to me. And I, yeah. I, this is probably old news for people on Twitter, but it's my first run-in with this kind of thing. And I was just shocked at uh, at the the thinking behind this person. And it wasn't about the word or it wasn't about the potential hurt that it could cause. It was about the person and licking their lips at the chance to attack somebody and attack hard. And I think I learned my lesson from engaging. And I personally wrote Revo a, a message that said, hey, I use this word. Um, I don't know what your background is with the word, but I had no idea it meant that. And I apologize. And I have a cousin who's 50 years old and he's lives in the same town as me he has down syndrome i've known him my entire life i go bowling mm -hmm. with him he kicks my ass to be honest with you and <laughs> he's just always been a positive special person in my life and like people just don't think of that they just want to attack me because yeah. i used a word that apparently a couple hundred years ago meant something different so again no offense to anyone i apologize for using that word and if you consider yourself a kind progressive person who wants to do good in the world maybe try to actually do that in the world instead of being a you know a negative menace who just wants to bring people down and get them in trouble and point and have power over them in that way it's uh it's pretty toxic and uh i think there's a way to go about those things and i appreciate if i ever cross the line or mess something up send me a message and say hey jay this uh this is actually what this means and i promise you i will do my best to do the right thing on it but uh that's my only uh that's my only gripe so far with twitter it's uh it's it's a world out there where that stuff happens and i think i need to learn to accept it and just try to do better it's a world. It is a world. That's for sure. Very well said. Good stuff. Uh, so we'll leave it at that for today's show. Rosie, you're not going to be with us tomorrow. Um, three Correct. hits with Rosie makes its triumph for return. It's been a couple weeks. Yeah, maybe I should have saved a rant like that for three hits, but uh, <laughs> we'll find something to go off about. No, it's good. It's good that you just backed it up and, and spoke up about it. And we uh, nipped that in the bud right away because I think you're bang on. 
with the breakdown there. So we'll leave it at that. Again, uh, the Avs are venturing into town. I believe they're already into town, and that should be a fantastic game between the Leafs and the Colorado Avalanche. who won the Stanley Cup last year. So I'll preview that. Uh, Jay will have his three hits with Rosie, potentially get a guest on tomorrow as well. So Rosie, we'll talk on Thursday. Okay, buddy? Cool. Right on. We will see you then. The one and only Jay Rosehill. Uh, many thanks to producer Alex as well. I'm Nick Alberga. Thanks so much for listening and watching. Take care. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 